Sakura held the Klingons. What is... <laughs> Why you only telling us when you got your drama? One of these days we'll repay you, we'll slay you. Get on your last breath at the end of all my class. Your eternal torture is every Klingon's dream. You know what I mean. Make your blood scream. Apologies for that. Something seems to have taken over the podcast briefly. Some kind of quantum musical reality. I had to start with some kind of musical intro. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's that's enough of that. Uh, just because we are recording just after the musical episode of Star Trek. So, yeah, I had to <laughs> just chime in with something like that to try and build up our spirits and hopefully uh, entertain you all, or at least make you all laugh at me. <laughs> so... Uh, without any further ado, then, I'm going to jump straight into the actual episode. If you have clicked on this, you'll know what this is. This is uh, one of our now famous top 10 episodes. We've already done top 10 Star Trek movies and top 10 Starfleet ships. Excuse me. Um, so this one, we, we are going to be doing our top 10 alien starships. So that's uh, all of the various alien cultures that are non-Starfleet. all got our top 10 lists ready. Uh, I'll explain once I've introduced everybody what it will entail if this is your first top 10. But if it is, go listen to the other two. They're pretty good. So, uh, yeah, uh, I am joined, as always, by my, uh, you know, my faithful number one, my co-host, my partner in crime, DK. Welcome. Hello. Always better than being a number two. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, are you all ready? You got your ships ready? Yeah, yeah, I've got it, Emma. So, uh, we are joined again. If you were with us for our top ten Starfleet ships episode, you'll know that uh, we also had another of our guests here. So joining us again from that, the only other returning guest, welcome Adrienne, who you'll have heard on the podcast a few times. Adrienne, welcome. Apologies, the most confounding thing I appear to be singing. Oh, most unusual, <laughs> so peculiar. <laughs> Nice. Thank you for not making me be the only one that embarrassed myself. I can't get good, them. Though. I can't get them out of my head. So seriously, apologies. I'm I'm exactly the same. I've had the, the <laughs> album on Spotify nonstop all weekend since watching the episode. I'm like, ooh, can I pick a favorite? Oh, I don't know. Although I, I do, just I, I'm a, obsessed with those random K-pop Klingons. <laughs> oh, apparently, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. I love it. I'm here, I got my Love ships. It. Awesome, awesome. Uh, right, and uh, we are joined for the very first time by a first-time guest. We weren't able to uh, organize our schedule so that we could get everybody back from the top 10 Starfleet ships, so Rick and Ken are unable to make it, but hopefully they'll be listening along and supporting us. Um, and in the meantime, we have a first-time guest to this podcast, but if you are a listener of our sister podcast, Silver Screen, you will have just heard her on our review of Little Shop of Horrors where we met for the first time and we uh, invited her into the Discord and it came up with the name Ali Who Trek. So please welcome our new best friend, Alison, to the podcast. Hey, hey. Yes, <laughs> Ali Who Trek is one of my Instagrams and actually, actually it was a Twitter one too. And it just stuck. So I like that name. Awesome. Well, any fan of Doctor Who and Star Trek is always welcome in uh, in my orbit and in DK's. So shall we say so? Yeah, we've uh, we've had some chats on the Discord and had a bit of fun. So yes. and then I asked you if you wanted to come on this, learning that you were a Trekkie, and you were like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll come and do this and find ten alien ships." So did you find it easy or difficult come narrowing it down to a top ten? Uh, somewhere in the middle of that, actually. Um... <laughs> 
I'm in a group chat with some of my, I'm not on Twitter anymore, but we all met through Trek Twitter and okay. um, we're in a group chat and we did kind of, we do like a bi-weekly uh, Zoom where we watch a Star Trek episode randomly. Oh, cool. And um, so yesterday after our chat, I asked them for some of their favorites. So, um, and I didn't add them unless I thought they looked cool because <laughs> that was pretty <laughs> much my criteria was how they looked. So, you know, yeah. they'll get some honorable mentions for the ones that they gave me. I remember you asking, like, what were the criteria? I was like, well, I'll be honest, 90% of my list is just how sexy the ships look. And usually how good they look in an Eagle Moss model form. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, unfortunately, are, I don't. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not one of those, like, know all the specs and, and stuff. No, but. no, I don't. I couldn't tell you exactly how many decks or, you know, where everything's located or where Cetacean Ops is. But if they look cool, fair enough. And I have a couple of random stories about at least two or three of mine, at least, which might hopefully keep us ticking along and entertaining. So um, since uh, we haven't had the input from either of you, DK and Allison, have you both seen the musical episode? I have to ask. <laughs> I have, yes. I yes. have what not. Did you think? Oh, Allison, you have to catch up. <laughs> I know. I'm what about three or four episodes behind. It's bad. Ah, okay. Oh, then you've got some great ones because there's the Lower Decks crossover, then the controversial War Crimes episode, then the musical. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the one where they, uh, they go back in time. Oh, you're way back. There's so much more after that. I you haven't know. even had the. Uh, you haven't even done the Spock becomes human episode yet. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know about that one. Cool. That's been my not a spoiler. That history. happens in like the first minute. Cool. <laughs> TJ, you have no taste. <laughs> I love that. I love that episode. Uh, well, I think that's well, a good review. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. You might like it as well. That's fair enough. But now we'll review those in their own time. I was just curious if anybody else had been as obsessed as me and Adrienne with the musical episode. I know. Uh, I, yeah. Like, I can't stop playing it in my car, in the house. And then I downloaded all the songs <laughs> and I'm singing. And my family, who always roll their eyes at me about all my nerdiness, they're ready to leave. They're basically, okay, we're out of here. <laughs> this is this is the uh, the plus point of living on my own. There's nobody here to be annoyed by me singing K-pop Klingon loudly into my phone. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, yeah. So that's uh, we'll we'll get started with the actual uh, business of the day then, which is the top ten ships. As I said, if this is your first top ten, uh, the way that we do it is we are going to go around uh, probably clockwise just to keep things simple. Uh, and we're going to ask everybody for their. Well, first of all, we'll ask for their honourable mentions, which is basically any ship that didn't make the top 10, but they still wanted to shout out. Um, and I've, I know a couple of you have got a few because you couldn't quite narrow it down. So we'll cover that first of all. Then what it is, we'll go around each person individually and we'll ask for their number 10 ship, their number 9, their number 8, and so on and so forth. Uh, and I will basically be assigning points as we go to the ships, depending on where they're placed. So that, for example, the number 10 ship will get one point, the number 9 ship gets two points, <clears throat> the number 8 gets three, and onwards up until the number, you know, the number 1 ship would get 10 points. Basically, I'll add those together. Hopefully, we'll come up with a coherent combined top 10 list at the very end, uh, which I'll be uh, trying to add together as DK reads out our audience feedback. And uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. Hopefully we can explain some reasons why we like the ships. I've got a few images to hopefully pop up and uh, as I say, a couple of stories. So is that all clear with uh, with all of you guys then? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So uh, as I say, we may as well go clockwise the way we are all located here because it just keeps things simple. So the first person on my right on the screen as I'm looking here is uh, you, Adrienne. So uh, 
Uh, we'll start with the honourable mentions. Do you have any honourable mentions? How many? And uh, do you want to try <laughs> rattling through them if they've got like 20 or 30? Okay, I had, well, I had 20, 25. I have uh, <laughs> basically whittled it down to six. So um, I'll start with the my least favorite honourable mention. Okay, that sound good? Okay. Okay, so my, my the, I love... Gold Ducat's Cardassian freighter that he had to fly for a while. Like, that's great. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was relegated to a Cardassian freighter. So, okay. Um, I also love the Zosa just because I love Cassidy mm. 8. So I want to put that in there. Um, I got used a lot that design in fairness. It's uh, <laughs> been used for a few different uh, non-Starfleet ships. But yeah, I like the Zosa too. It has. But the the pilot, you know, or the captain, she's just my favorite. Um. <clears throat> okay, uh, giving a shout out here to the Packlids uh, for their oh, wow. ship from the Spy Humongous uh, from Lower Decks. Oh, yeah. Wow, and the animation and the way, yes, and it grapples and rips ships apart. <clears throat> like, I'm intimidated yeah. by that. I don't want my ship to be grappled apart, so I'm giving them some credit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Sarcophagus ship. I love that mm. ship. Uh, the Klingon ship of Discovery, the yeah, from the ship, mm. yeah, yeah from that Discovery, cool. yeah. Isn't it cool? I just love yeah. it. <laughs> okay, um, getting down there. So my number two favorite one is um, the bio ship from Species 8472. Like, oh, I just think that's so cool. Um, so cool. But my number one honorable mention is Vrenax shuttle from In the Pale Moonlight. Oh, okay. um, mm. The shuttle uh, from, um, just keeps like uh, popping in and out of Deep Space Nine, so I love that one. And that's those, my trouble. honorable. Yeah, those are mm. those are my favorites. My honorable mentions. So, uh, Alison, you will be next on my uh, on my clockwise order here. So, um, yeah, do you have any honorable mentions before we get into the top ten? Well, I didn't, but then you know, as Adrienne was going, it got me thinking of. Um, you know, just some from different episodes that I like. So I might not have the names and we know that because of my brain, I'm, I'm funny with uh, trying to uh, describe. So remember the episode where in Voyager with Harry Kim, when he's like on a planet and he gets um, accidentally transported through that pod. And it was like the planet was the death planet. Yeah, it was in the first season, I think. I can't remember. Yeah. Emanations, um, maybe, in the episode? Yeah, yes. Emanations. Emanations. That's what yeah. popped up when I tried Googling it, but then you called on me, so I was like, oh, crap. Um, yes, okay. that one. I think that was pretty cool, just that concept of these people have this belief that um, they go, you know, their soul or whatever goes yeah. somewhere, but they're actually being transported to this um, planet to Very left to your choice. I like that. That's uh, thinking outside the box. Yeah. Um, so I like that one. And then I don't know if this one would fit, but Peanut Hamper. Ah, yeah. She's yeah. a pet. No, yeah. That's a good she, question. I mean, she technically does free float through space if you need her to. So I yeah. guess you could argue she's a <laughs> You know, I'm going to add her because she's an asshole. And, you know, that that... <laughs> That episode where she comes back and she goes to that just that beautiful planet, you know, the, the burn mm. people, and she just so many people hated that episode, and I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> I, I liked, liked that it. episode. I did too. Yep. I liked it 
Because I think, you know, you think she's getting redemption and then she, she's just totally narcissistic and is like, is. no, see ya, she's bitches, so you know. So, um, she is a mathematically perfect asshole, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end, I think that's not the end of her because, you know, she goes into that deadly badass uh, computer place and she winds up with that one computer that, um, was it the one that Boimler and, but it was an Agamus, the Jeffrey Combs computer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Which was actually an Easter egg from some other previous. It one, was from but... the season two episode of, um, oh, what was it called again? The one with, uh, Andrithio Billups' family. I completely forgot. Yeah. What it was. Oh, where pleasant fountains lie. I think it's called. I've just watched all these. I should remember, but yeah, he was from that episode. <laughs> Yeah, so I anyway. think even though these are considered like supercomputers, they a lot of them still have the ability to transport. So I consider them kind of um, starship. Uh, yeah. My favorite Easter egg from that Daystrom like institute where all of the deadly supercomputers is is that if you look up and to the left from where the ones are that we place in there, there's one that's just got the CBS look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. I'll have to go back and watch it. Yeah, the CBSI is just one of the computers on like a block, and I'm like, oh yeah, what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> the man is watching you. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's fair enough. Uh, so was that all of your honorable mentions you wanted to bring up before the top ten? Yes, it is. Awesome. Well, we'll move along to you then, DK. Uh, do you have any honourable mentions? I know you do because you said you had a few, right? <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. They're not in any particular order. But I'm gonna start with Gom Two. Oh, Tin Man. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, just because I think that was pretty much the first time I'd seen anything kind of like a bio ship on Star Trek, and I I do love the background information that they recorded the sounds of the ship by just feeding the sound guy a bunch of pizza and then recording his uh, digestion. <laughs> I did not know that, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, next one I've got, uh, I've, uh, I've also got the uh, 8472 Bioship. Uh, ah, I, I do think it looks cool. I've also got uh, the Borg Renegade ship. Oh, from Descent. Yes, because I just think the scale of that, and I just think it, it was very close trying to decide between that and another thing that ended up in the top ten. So, alas, this one is on the uh, honourable mentions. Have you, uh, have you done the deep dive into that chip that I have, where you're, it may or may not be a mine layer or, or just a bug thing? I because, haven't. Yeah, there's, that, there's a scene in Scorpion Part 2 where... Seven of Nine suggests mines to use against PCZ-472, and then on the screen is the exact shape of the Borg Renegade ship. And people are like, oh. either it's a shape that's familiar, or maybe that's the ship that's laying the mines, or, or who knows. But Because originally, I always oh, thought, cool. and I think most people did, that it was just a random ship that those Renegade Borg had stolen from someone, but no, apparently it is a Borg design. So. Yeah, that seems very odd for uh, for one of their ships. Yeah. I, I was under the impression that they had, had stolen it, yeah. I just love yeah. it because of the scale of the thing. They just absolutely oh, lost the Enterprise D. Yeah. Uh, next one, I've got the uh, the Krenin Temple Weapon Ship. Oh, okay. okay. And yeah. at the risk of you know pissing everybody off with another franchise, it's just because it reminds me so much of Babylon Five. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll be the villain. I don't give a shit. And uh, <laughs> the last one I have is the Cetacean Probe from Trek 4 because it's a very simple oh. design, but I 
do love it, and it looks suitably alien. It does. It's a bit too basic for me. To be honest, it is just basically a black cylinder with a little ball floating under it, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, yeah, there's some weird choices, some things, a lot of things I hadn't considered, the likes of probes or exocomps or or whatnot. I'm, I'm still, I, I have a feeling one of you may have included something which I wouldn't necessarily see as a ship, but I'm going to wait because it may be in one of your top tens, and uh, if not, I'll bring it up at the end and say, why did you guys not think of this? But anyway, <laughs> before we do that, I'll give you my honorable mentions then. I only have four. Um, the first of mine is the Ferengi Takora class Marauder uh, that you mm -hmm. primarily saw in Next Generation. Uh, I don't know why there's something about the shape that's kind of evocative. Maybe it's because it kind of looks like a bug, which I know a lot of the ships <laughs> do, but it's like a gigantic thing. Because like DK was saying about the Borg Renegade ship, it dwarfs the Enterprise D, or at least it's the same size. And yet it looks like this giant bug in space with a very basic design. And it turned up again in uh, Prodigy, which was always cool. <laughs> uh, the next on my list is the Kazon Raider. This is purely for the personal reason that I had the um, Ertl model kit that I had to build when, one Christmas when I, could, I must have been a lot younger because it would have been around the second season of Voyager, so probably 96, 97. Uh, yeah, I got the model kit and had to build it, and it was a pain in the ass to build, as you can imagine. It took me about a week, but by the time I'd built it and coated it with all of the paint and everything, it's now, it's by proxy one of my favorite designs because of the sheer work I put into making a model of it, which I don't even have anymore. <laughs> uh, but no, I think it looks cool anyway. It's a cool design. It works as a raider. It's better than their bigger sort of warships, I think. Um, yeah. The next one on my list is something we've talked about on a previous episode. I think, Adrian, you might have been on this episode. Uh, the Klingon Cleave ship uh, from Discovery, just because it's... Mm, I don't yeah. love a lot of the... Have we, it was us that mentioned it, wasn't it, in our episode? Yes, it yeah. was. That was us, yeah. We were excited ah. about it because of the damage it could yeah. do. We wanted to own one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do own one. <laughs> <But it's small>. <laughs> <laughs> you mean like a legit, like in your life? Yes, you can use. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I like the way you think. I like it. It'd be incredibly <laughs> handy for the LA traffic, Adrian. Just clean your way through everything. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love it. I love that, uh, like I said, I didn't like a lot of the Klingon designs from Discovery, but the idea that this thing could just decloak and be halfway sliced through your ship was really cool. Um, even though, you know, in the in the in its early appearance, it's taking out the Federation sort of lead ship, which isn't good, but... Then you also get the heroic moment that I've already mentioned in the previous episode at the end of season two when uh, Control seems to have taken over and the Section 31 ships are kicking butt and then this cleave ship just decloaks and rams yeah. through everything and it's yes. like, yay! Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> Lorel's here. Now you're in for it. <laughs> yeah, now you're in trouble. <laughs> exactly. The Klingons have turned up, even and though you're only calling them when you got drama. That's right. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, my final honorable mention, as I say, I only had four, was the Romulan drone ship from Enterprise. Uh, mainly, it does look cool and everything, even though it's a little bit over, overly spiky and stuff. But the reason that I like it is because within the episode, I just love the way it moves. Like, it spins around and stuff all over the place. And I'm like, why do no ships ever do this? They always seem to think they're on, like, a, a fixed axis when in actual fact they're in space and can just do whatever they want. And I love the way that one just zips around, spins 360, goes all over the place. I'm like, yeah, ships, more ships need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> need to be like dragonflies. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, it could... Uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, as long as you can't feel it when you're inside it, because that'd be some... Mega, um, well, it was, it was remote controlled, so it was controlled by an ENAR via telepathy, so there wasn't anybody oh. inside. <laughs> oh, that's right, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, so, to be in a ship I'm, I'm like that, though, would be hard. Yeah. But yeah, it's also a kind of a cheat because it can just holographically appear as literally any other ship that I wanted to as well. So, you know, why not? But no, it didn't make my list anyway. <laughs> uh, but just, just missed out. It would have been my number 11. But yeah, so... Uh, with that all out of the way, then we're going to just break into everybody's top tens, I guess. So, uh, yeah, your top ten, Adrienne, since you're the first one on the list, what was what's getting your one point? Okay, my one point goes to the Zindi Insectoid ship. Oh, uh, I nearly picked that. I love that ship. It's so yep. tough, like a flying scorpion kind of thing, and I love the Zindi anyway. So, yeah, that's my choice. Yeah, I bought the uh, Eagle Moss model of it just purely off the way that it looked because I don't particularly like the, the Zindi designs for the most part. The reptilian ships and everything are a bit dull. But there's something about the Zindi insectoid ship, the way it is, that three-pronged... Yeah. I don't know, it just looks really cool. It does look a bit Babylon 5 as well, actually, DK, come to think of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you've, awesome. you've joined the dark side now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the dark side yeah. the fun side. So. <laughs> they have cookies, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that uh, I take it you just like the design of it overall, the way it looks kind of spiky and insecty, Adrian. <laughs> yeah, it looks um, kind of biological, kind of interesting to me, and I just feel like it looks like a scorpion. I just, I, I, it's such an unusual design. I had to put it on here. Awesome. There's, um, if you ever get a chance to check it out, and why would you? <laughs> on the uh, magazine that accompanied the Eagle Boss model, it gives you the breakdown of like how it was developed, and um, supposedly the the, the I, think, I can't remember who it was, but whoever it was that was designing it was told to come up with the design when he was out to dinner one day, and it's based on the crab legs he was eating. He says. Wow. So, it's, that's um, so cool. Yeah, biological. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I he called it. Absolutely. Yeah, and the original design, though, um, the three prongs on the original version are like twice as long because obviously they're based on like spindly crab like things. So <laughs> they were, he sent them to uh, Berman or whoever it was, Braga, who, who was in the executive producer's chair, and they just put a line halfway down the sort of points sure, and was yeah. like, okay, nearly, but shorter. <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting. Okay, cool. Love it. <laughs> I love stuff like that, all the behind the scenes and when you can see like the work in progress and the initial sort of drawings and sketches and where it's oh, come yeah. from. So, I love yeah. that stuff too, yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, okay, that's one point for the Zindian sectoid ship. Uh, Alison, what, would you uh, give your one point, your number 10 ship? Well, I do want to just say stay tuned for a Zindi ship I have on my list, but it's not number Ooh, 10. Okay. Bum, bum, bum. Okay. okay. So number 10, I have the Gordon Raider from the ah. arena episode in the remastered version of the episode specifically <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't in the original but yeah here we go i've got oh. a picture for you cool so i like they're called nacelles right the little things yeah. on the there side yeah i like those i that's what i like about it and <laughs> they're like bigger than the ship <laughs> um <laughs> They kind of look like they could just break off and be torpedoes if they need to be. Um, yeah, they look they, nearly like guns, don't they? <laughs> yeah, but they don't look like they would be, I don't know, with the Gorn, you do think they would have some kind of biological type, I don't know, like a cave-looking kind of ship, at least from how they're portrayed in, you know, Strange New Worlds. They're so freaking predatory. Don't get on that. <laughs> but, um but yeah, so I mean, I know they were originally a concept in the original one, so this definitely is more to par of kind of how the ships were in the original. 
but I like it. I just yeah. like that simplicity in the, the nacelles. That's why I chose yeah. it. Not, not to sound all sort of know-it-all and annoying, and I apologise, audience, if uh, I'm coming across <laughs> pretentious, but yeah, this was uh, not in the original episode, but it was one of the things they invented for the remastered original series because they could. So it's kind of like a CGI creation that's designed to look TOS-ish, and it's just based on nothing except they could come up with a gone design, and it's pretty cool. I like it. Um, yeah, I could see how I could see how it would be CGI because I mean, I, yeah. when I. When I looked up the picture, I de- I thought it was I'm like, are we sure it's from TOS? Because it looks a little new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to know that tidbit about it. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the a lot of the TOS remastered ones are pretty cool. I have a story about one that may be on my list coming up, but yeah. And I think uh, they've stuck to a lot of the remastered designs for Strange New Worlds. And I'm sure in one of the I think it's Memento Mori, the first season episode, one of the Gorn Raiders does look very similar to this, but obviously a bit more advanced. Because I do re- vaguely remember them still having the kind of four torpedoes or like nacelles facing forward look. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I could be wrong, but I, I vaguely remember seeing that. So I yeah, tried to find like a it. picture of one from the new one, but because I so when I was trying to find like my last ship, I was like, "Ooh, the Gorn would be cool." I you know <laughs> they're badass, so that was my reasoning for picking like a Gorn type ship and. That that picture popped up, and I really liked that one. But I couldn't really find a lot from the the new. Yeah, the the strange new worlds ones are really hard to get a good picture of because it's one of those things where they're obscured by nebulas or things, or they're just mm-hmm. in the shadows or far away. Because uh, I've tried looking for them, and they're not great. Even if you find a picture, it's kind of like, oh, okay, is that is it in there somewhere? All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so one point to the Gorn Raider. Uh, is that uh, everything you wanted to say about that, Alison? Yes, that is. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> I accidentally, will... accidentally wrote Gordon instead of Gorn. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you don't want to get on the wrong side of the Gordon Raider. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to write you a strongly worded letter and send it via subspace. <laughs> 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 so, DK, we're on to you. What's your number 10 for one point? Uh, my number 10 is one I believe that you had in your honourable list, and it's the Ferengi Marauder. Ah, yes, it was in my honourable list. Well played. <laughs> so what? Uh, how come it made your list? What made you uh, take the plunge? Was it just because it appears in Prodigy? Uh, no, no. I, I remember loving it from the first time I saw it. Uh, I had a friend when, you know, when Next Generation came out and they had those magazines what told you about each episode and they had little posters. Fact files. Yeah, well, my friend had a couple of uh, posters up, and one of them was of the Ferengi Marauder. And again, this the scale of it was just like really impressive. And I remember at the start when they were uh, trying to make the Ferengi the new Klingons for the next generation <laughs> period before that, just Stop fell trying apart. to make the Ferengi happen. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I loved the design of the ship. I just thought it was absolutely brilliant. And I remember on one of the, the VHS covers that you could rent, it showed the Enterprise D in a battle with this Ferengi ship, and it just captured yeah. my imagination. And I just thought, that ship looks so cool. I bet it's populated by really nasty bastards. And then I saw the Ferengi on it. Oh, God. But, yeah, I, like, oh. I still do love the design of the ship. Yeah, I love it, Jack. I can't believe it didn't really get more usage in DS9 when you think. I mean, that how heavily mm-hmm. Ferengi-based that is. But yeah. yeah, I mean, we saw it in, I think we might have seen it in that one episode of Voyager. I'm not sure, uh, but we definitely did see it in Prodigy, even though inexplicably it's piloted by one person. <laughs> Which, you know, sure, <laughs> why not? 
It, it uh, took me a while. Uh, I, I think before I actually see it in action, it took me a while to figure out which which end was the front. Yeah, thought, there's a few ships like that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I, it it looks better than the Ferengi have any right to, you know. That's yeah. That's what I mean with them. The, the DS9 aesthetic just seemed like it kind of got a bit lost, and a lot of their ships, even their shuttles and things on there, are just like a block with a similar color. And I'm like, oh come on, you could have done something so cool based on the aesthetic of the Marauder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, never mind. I think it's just such a cool looking ship. So yep, that's that's my number ten. My number ten uh, is the Herogen Hunter ship from Voyager. Uh, primarily full disclosure, because again, this is going to sound really pathetic but because i bought the eagle moss model and it's really cool <laughs> and, uh, it's uh, one of the rare models that's like entirely metallic and has some real substance to it and some real weight and heft um but i just like the design there's something cool about the fact that it's it's got like familiar nacelles it's not that it doesn't have them on the side here but the shape is not like anything we've seen it's not like saucer drive section whatever um it's it's pointing towards you like a hunter ship would like a dart or whatever it's even got like little claw things that come out of the top and bottom of it, I guess. I don't know what you would call them, but yeah. And the fact that it, it looks formidable, it looks like it's heavily armored and it's not worried about aesthetics. It's all just bits of metal and plating that are there to protect it. And it just looks formidable. It looks like in intimidating. It's exactly what you'd want from a, like a hunting species. Cause you'd break yourself if you saw like three of these coming toward you, I guess. I think so anyway. So. Yeah. yeah, and it also looks like you know it's small enough that it would probably be fast and maneuverable as well. But yeah, true. Yeah, I look yeah. at it and I see like it looks like Shelob with her legs cut off. Because look at like the front <laughs> looks like a spider face. See that? Like a yeah, a, 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 yeah. Now she's really mad. Oh, yeah, yeah. The way the things are attached, <laughs> it does have that. Because even the nacelles, like I said, they're really thin and spindly, and they're attached like sideways on. So yeah, I think it does have that. We've said this a lot, but this almost organic. Yeah. presence to it mm -hmm. where these things and then these spiky things look like they could be antennas or other legs and because i think that's what intimidates you the most is when you see something recognizably like insect or animal like that you recognize it's almost mm -hmm. scarier than just a shape not always yeah. but usually so uh, right so we're up to everyone's number nine uh, and we'll uh, go back around again so adrienne we're back to you what's uh, what's your number nine uh, my number nine is the breen warship from deep space nine the chalborg <laughs> ship the format i love the breen ship i'm i kind of like the breen actually um that, yeah that's my that number nine was my head in because it is so just horribly asymmetrical it messes it with <laughs> i love the asymmetry of it because the breen are such a mystery right so it's really mysterious it's just such a mess i i, <laughs> it I, is. I, I, I love yeah. it I, I hate not not seeing an aesthetic but at the same time Maybe that fits the brain where they're just like, we don't care what it looks like. Just yeah. cobble bits together, who cares? <laughs> yeah. It's functional for them, and they're a mystery, so I like them. And they, they come through in the yeah. end, don't they? Yeah, yeah, fair. Well, I mean, it's uh, destroyed a ton of ships for the Dominion when they joined, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. I can't really argue with that. I mean, it, it was formidable warships, as I said. The, the thing I hate about it is the asymmetry, but if, if that's part of the point, then fair enough. Um let me just make sure I'm getting the right points because I almost wrote down one point for that, but it should have been two because that was your number nine. So and that's the Breen warship. I can't forgive them for destroying the Defiant either. I mean, come on. Uh, no, <laughs> I know, but just looking at it, it's so different, so interesting, and it's very obvious that it's them. So I like that. It is. It's a little similar in a way to the Sona ships from Insurrection, I thought, though perhaps a bit but greener. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah True. Fair enough. That's cool. 
Um, no, that, that's two points. I, I like that you, uh, you're you a fan of it. And uh, it was nice that we finally got to see them because the brain had been talked about a lot. And then it was like the seventh season of DS9. <laughs> so it was like, oh, finally. Yeah. Uh, cool. Okay. Uh, we'll go back around to you then, Alison. What would be your number nine ship? My number nine ship is now my little avatar. It is the <laughs> Cardassian colony ship. I have never I, heard of this. Explain. <laughs> well, I wanted something Cardassian because they are just, they're so prevalent in DS9, you know, Cardassians and Bajorans. And I don't know when I was thinking of ships, for some reason, my brain kept going to like evil, <laughs> like <laughs> the evil, like battleship kind of like, which ones are like good for battle, even though this is a colony ship. But um, hmm. I like this one because I think, Kind of going back to what y'all have been saying about organic or looking like, you know, mm. bugs and things like that. This one looks like a stingray to me. Yes. The shape of it. Mm. And, see that. you know, I've noticed a lot of the ships in Star Trek have some kind of um, throwback to some something in nature. And I like that. I like the inspiration that comes from, you know, taking something organic, but making it you know, an inanimate object. Um, so this one just, it's interesting to think of it. What would the Cardassians do with a colony ship? Cause they were horrible, but, um, but yes, I ultimately chose it cause I, I like the stingray look. That's cool. I've just had to look this up because I wasn't sure where it came from. Cause I know it's not in the show. Apparently it's from the Star Trek Armada video games. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. No, that's no, cool. It's 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 a better design than half of the Cardassian ones that appeared on TS9. Like, why didn't they use this instead of the Keldon class, which is just Galo class with a different tail? Yeah, <laughs> These are so much cooler. Yeah, because I didn't really like any of the um the ones that came up from the show. This one came up, and yeah, I thought it looked a look like it had that grid behind it in the picture I have. Mm. So I thought, yeah. oh, maybe just somebody. I don't know. That's just what the drawing looks like. So that's cool that it's um. They just in the do video so much games. better on on the non-canon, as if you want to call them sources, because the Star Trek Online Cardassian ships are so much cooler as well. Mm -hmm. but, uh, the Cardassian Dreadnought in Star Trek Online is really cool. Crap name, but it's a cool uh, ship. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So uh, I guess in that video, that video game, they have a need for colony ships. So. I honestly don't know. I'm not familiar with the. Oh, okay. It says the Cardassian ship transports enough colonists and supplies to start a colony, hence the name. Once it's in place, the ship automatically is decommissioned and broken up into parts to be oh. used, which is why it looks kind of modular. So it breaks up as it basically lands, breaks up, and forms a kind of makeshift little colony bits and pieces. That's really cool. Kind of like that. Um, I guess this could be an honorable mention that, that I guess it was a shuttle pod. Um, you know, when Janeway and Chakotay get mm. stranded. And they start using yeah, resolutions. Yes. That wasn't really Man, you're good with the names. Yeah. That's a very good choice. Uh, so that's two points for the Cardassian colony ship. Uh, TK, we're back to you. What's your number nine? Mine is a classic, and it's the Borg Cube. Ah, the Borg Cube, the old, uh, you know, very basic square in space situation. Yeah. Slightly <laughs> overused you... by this point, but... Yeah, but it's quite telling that, although I was going to say it's kind of remained unchanged, but I suppose it hasn't. There's been a couple of uh, attempts to adapt it and make it look more badass since. Even even flies slightly different these days to how yeah. it used to. Yeah, but I mean, saying that, it's still the basic design, isn't it? So Yeah. Yeah, so what, 
What do you particularly like about the uh, the badass ball cube? I just love how up until that point we've not seen anything like it. It when you saw it in was it it's Q who is it? Q who was the first appearance, chronologically. Yeah, it, yeah, it's just this kind of like faceless it's almost like an entity in itself. I mean, this is obviously, you know, back when there was no queen and it was just the Borg themselves. And I just think it's very representative of, of them as a race. It's very functional, kind of. It's, you know, they're, they're not going for bells and whistles. It's just there and it's monolithic. And I just love it. I just think it was uh, it was very well done at the time. It was very kind of, which is ironic, out of the box type concept for a, for a ship. <laughs> But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, as I say, I think it's been kind of overused at this point. But I, I still love the simplicity of its design. I still think, I personally, I still get a thrill when you see it in the same way because of the, the way that it is intimidating and scary. If it's used properly, anyway. And I really yeah. don't think you need all of these attempts to, like the the tactical cube on Voyager was really cool when I was younger, and I was like, "Ooh, it's a ball cube with extra armor," but it's kind of pointless. And then when the third season of Picard had that one that was just like it's a ball cube, but it had to have added spikes and antenna and stuff on it, and it just made it look rubbish. Frankly, I'm like, oh, it's a bit of a shame. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it, that one was basically the Death Star since the Enterprise D flew through the trench of it to blow it up anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was I wasn't keen in First Contact when they had this fantastic ship, and oh no, there's a little ball inside it. Yeah. Oh, I, I kind of like that. It, it makes sense that they would have some kind of escape plan. So I was like, I guess, okay, logically. Yes, it just it just felt a bit yeah to me. I will say the sphere makes a lot more sense to me as like a, a the equivalent of a shuttle or an escape pod than it does just a ship in its own right. Because I think yeah. that was that was some that was some designer that was like, hmm, they stuck to a basic shape. What else can we do? We've done cube. Okay, sphere. That'll take <laughs> yeah. Right, it, it, come on. Yeah, it did feel a little <laughs> unimaginative. Pork trapezoid just. <laughs> Pottering <laughs> around the Delta Quadrant, anyway, <laughs> that's fair enough. So yeah, that's uh, two early points for the uh, the Borg Cube. Uh, my number nine then is partly because it reappeared recently-ish. It's the um, Orion ship or Orion Scout ship, uh, originally from the original series. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, uh, and this ties into uh, what I was saying about Allison's Gorn pick in that. It's it was designed basically entirely for the remastered version of the original series. But what's fascinating about it for me is that rather than not showing anything in the original version of the episode, it was the episode of Lana of Troyes, um, they showed like weird like a just a pattern of lights whipping past the Enterprise because they couldn't afford like a model or a ship or anything, but they wanted to show something to Im imply, you know, it was whipping through its speed and the Enterprise was completely floored by it. So, yeah, it was very bizarre that you had this just pattern of flashing lights going past the model of the Enterprise. And so when they came to have to design the actual ship itself in CGI, they had to somehow incorporate the fact that it had these, like, whipping lights that obviously in the footage would have been reflecting in a certain way off the bridge officers or, or on the model of the Enterprise and such. And so they had this cool thing where they've got these two rows of, like, balls of lights on spikes on the back which i'm guessing is supposed to be their propulsion system but basically when it's uh when it's like in flight these things spin around and do just make like a blur of light which which fits perfectly with it and yet the design itself is still really cool it still works it's still functional as a ship to me at least i can still see how it would how it would work you know you can see a front section you can see a bit of like a stabilizer or two up there and uh yeah i, I just I, I really like i don't know if you guys are familiar with the 
the idea or the stories behind these things. But wasn't it used on the, uh, in this season on the uh, the crossover episode? It's funny that you say that, DK. The other reason that, like, I, I like that story and the reasoning behind it anyway. But then, as you said, in the lower decks crossover of Strange New Worlds, as far as I'm concerned, this is the same ship. Like, I know it, there's differences, but to me, it's the same way that the Enterprise is the same but different. All they've basically done here is take some of the, like, the ring part out of the back. But by the time it starts spinning around and stuff, it would look identical anyway. So, yeah, the fact that it reappeared and it's the same design and it's based on the same idea of these, like, you know, light balls on spikes so that it would look a certain way if it's going around you at speed. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. And I love that now it's it's not just TOS remastered. It's an official. They've actually done this ship and it existed in canon. So, yeah, that, that also helped it to get into my list and to make my number nine. So hopefully you guys uh, are a fan of that one and don't think it's a terrible choice. <laughs> no, it's not. I, I, I do actually like that. Yeah, it's cool. It's it's. I, I say I'm a sucker for the particular kind of motion that you get from some of these things, and the way this was portrayed was already kind of like it's a good idea. But I didn't love that TOS did that thing of oh, it's just light, or because they did that a lot where like oh, Captain has a ship, but so it's on the view screen, but it's so far away, it's a dot, and it's like come on, yeah, you couldn't afford it, we know, all right, <laughs> you know. But uh, yeah, anyway, cool. Uh, so that was my number nine. So I think we're round to everybody's number eight, and we'll again go to you, Adrian. What's your number eight ship? All right, my number eight ship is the Romulan mining vessel Narada from Star Ooh. Trek uh, 2009, of course, because I was there in the theater and I saw it come out like that and I was right in the front and it just was incredible. I love that ship. Awesome. I know that um, it, it comes up in our audience interaction somewhere as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Narada, one of those big... <laughs> and it's things. funny, like, I'm not a Romulan fan of any sort, but I literally have two of their ships. I'm mentioning them today. So, hey, way to go, Romulans. So it turns out you are something of a... <laughs> you're being a liar. <laughs> Apparently, I know. <laughs> I need to connect to my truth. <laughs> no, but when it comes to the Narada, I remember... I don't know if it's officially canon or mentioned in the movie, but I remember reading somewhere in some sources that it's like augmented with Borg technology, which, you know, everything is at a certain point in Star Trek, but whether that's true or not, it is, mm. it doesn't look fully Romulan to me. It's like, there's a bit of a, yeah, there it yeah. is. <laughs> there, yeah. There's a bit of something it, extra to it. It has a bit of something, doesn't it? It looks like a thistle, yeah. a scary, big, mean thistle. Go away. I don't like thistle. <laughs> yeah. No, I, no, I, I like... loved it. I can still hear the sound of the music that they, put into the score when it was and when it was coming on the screen and I just couldn't believe it. That I love your passion. To be yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I'm love the, crazy. anything. When it, like, I'm no, sorry. I, I I'm it. a little crazy about Star Trek stuff. We're so all yeah, a little crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't written that down and I probably should because that's three points for the Narada. I have got that name right, yeah, because I often get them mixed up. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that's it. There we go. So, uh, yeah, Alison, we're back around to you. I'm guessing it's the ship that you currently have in your avatar. <laughs> yeah, so this one gets an honorable mention from my friend Lori. It's the, she said it's the Vulcan Ciroc class. I mm -hmm. like the, <laughs> so stupid. I like the, um, how it's a circle with the. Um, I like the rings. <laughs> the, yeah, I like the ring with like the little three prongs inside it. I just think that's cool. And I'm assuming the ring rotates around it. 
Maybe. I don't think it does, but I do. No. I do know it's it's meant to be their propulsion system, so it's okay. like their equivalent of warp nacelles. I, I think that makes sense. I like the I like the circle circle, and for I think for Vulcans that makes sense because they're all about like balance and you know about like you know their their emotions and I know you know me I'm very psychological, but um, to me even these ships can be psychological <laughs> like how they're designed. If you think about like the psyche of some of these people, like the Borg, for instance, and, you know, they all want their main goal is to assimilate. So they have this yeah. big cube that's it's, it's like a representation of being assimilated. So this is like yeah. you've got this circle that's around their their ship. And it's for me, circles represent kind of like this balance. So, yeah. but yeah, I, uh, I have a again, this is going to sound really pretentious, but I do have a story with regards to why. The Vulcan ships look like that and have that ring propulsion system. Uh, does anybody else know this story before I get I do not. Uh, I don't. Okay. Uh, no, um, um, mate, we come here for the stories, remember? Okay. Mate. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, basically, there was a design that was proposed, and it was originally a planned design for the very first Enterprise from TOS, um, which was later adapted in the motion picture as, like, an earlier enterprise and it was enterprise xcv 330 if you ever have a chance to look it up and it is basically it's it's like it's essentially a vulcan ship but it looks starfleet like it's white and gray rather than the vulcan colors but in place of warp nacelles it has like these two rings as their propulsion system as that was just one of the ideas they put forward for oh maybe they, we could use this before they came up with the sort of saucers nacelles idea um and so, yeah, I think because that's technically part of canon, it also appears, I think, in an image in an episode of Enterprise. Uh, they had to come up with a reason why there would be a Starfleet ship called Enterprise that looks like so different. And so they decided, well, it's based on Vulcan technology. <laughs> so now mm -hmm. all the Vulcan ships have these rings to explain why this sense. one sort of planned Enterprise did one time. <laughs> so, yeah, I love yeah, that. And I, I love that this, this idea just looks cool. Yeah. Oh, and it goes along with the whole, you know, first contact they helped us get into space kind of thing so that mm -hmm. i mean that honestly makes a lot of sense that a first enterprise would look something like their plans exactly yeah completely awesome uh yeah i like, I like that pick the vulcan ships are kind of cool except that like i said i can never differentiate between the various types but that's just yeah me. Uh, right <laughs> dk we're up to you are we up to your number eight is that right yeah yeah, that's correct. And going on about the uh, the Vulcans, for a, an emotionally, you know, kind of restrained race, I think the uh, their ships are just beautiful. They're, they're like yeah. so sleek. It's it's like having a neighbour that's a taxing spectre, and then he goes out and gets in a you know a Ferrari <laughs> or something. It's, that's a brilliant analogy, DK. That is a really good one. <laughs> I just think, you know, it, it's completely, I don't know, at odds with how they're portrayed. Fit, no, but it fits, doesn't it? Because they claim, like, we're free of emotion and stuff, but they're also incredibly pretentious. So they would fully just be like, look at our superior technology. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you can just imagine, like, a, a fleet of Vulcan ships, and it must be like that street scene on American Graffiti. They're just like... <laughs> Check out my rings. Yes. <laughs> yes. The reason, the reason I'm going on about this is that my number eight is also the Surak. So, uh... oh, the Surak. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Great minds think alike. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I just, think, I just think it's a, it, it's just a 
a damn beautiful ship. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I agree. Um, let me just make sure I'm getting the points down for that. So that's three points from. It's so weird you both had it in the same place in your list as well. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked. Awesome. We're smart like that, you know. <laughs> well, I haven't got any Vulcan ships in my list, so clearly I'm not smart. <laughs> yeah. uh, anything else to say on that, Dickie, or have we kind of covered that with your great that, knowledge? That, that's pretty much it. I'm, I, I have Vulcan envy. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough. Um, well, we're going to go to my number eight then, because we've already kind of mentioned this in somebody's honourable mentions. But my number eight is, and it's nothing to do with that other space franchise, DK, it's the Krenim Temporal Weapon Ship. Because look at this thing. It's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, you, not only is it a fantastic design with like a focusing crystal for the temporal energy or whatever else, it's humongous. You've got this great design and it's like massive, almost like, you know, miniature planet or moon sized kind of thing. So one one could say it's almost a self contained world five miles long and that's our last best hope. But <laughs> 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 up, up. Nice one. Uh, DK for the win. <laughs> you get an extra one point. One could say that. <laughs> but no, you I love I remember the... Sorry. I was going to say, so I'm looking at this picture, and it, so it reminds me of two things. So the, the right side reminds me of one of those claws in those games where you're mm -hmm. like endlessly trying to grab the little stuffy that you want and you can't find it. Yeah. And then it also, as a whole, reminds me of something that would be used to, like, drill into the planet. I don't know if they... Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it's it's kind of... fire. It's a firing... Like I said, it's like a focusing crystal or something at the front inside of those things. But it's a similar idea, I think, is the point. Like like you said, it's kind of... I don't know what, what you would call it. It's the way that it... There's something about the way it comes in. And like I said, I remember the first time I saw it when I first saw the, that two-parter, and I would have been, again, a lot younger... And the first time you see it is the image that I'm going to put up here because it's such a cool, evocative image, even though it's only like one-fifth of the ship that you can actually see. But it's just basically this thing coming into a planet's atmosphere, blasting oh, yeah. at it, and then completely erasing or changing its like history. And I'm like, that is badass. Look how cool that looks. <laughs> and so I was yeah. already on board, and then I was like discovering that that's like the tip of this thing, and it's actually <laughs> five times as big and everything. And I'm like, this is just cool. I love this. I love the design. I love the way that it looks like, like I said, fingers or claws or something coming at you, but it's got this crystal that'll kick your butt. Mm -hmm. but there's also like living sections that look like bulbous in there and like clawy spike things again coming out the side. It's cool. I like it. <laughs> And again, doesn't look anything like uh, a Babylon station to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, you can kid yourself, but it's not true. <laughs> I'll keep kidding myself. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> so we're back to you, Adrian. What's your number? I think seven, is it? No, eight. Sorry. Oh, yeah, seven. That's right. Because no, I came last. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry. My number seven, uh, just because I think that they are beautiful and magical, are the Jem'Hadar fighters. Oh, that's the, what I name <laughs> the scarabs. What, what I call the cockroach ship. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're, I they're... mean they're just so versatile. They do their thing. They get in there, and you know they're badass. So, yeah. I did contemplate having that on my list because they are kind of cool, um, but in the end, they're just they're, they're too much. Just look like a cockroach, <laughs> and that's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I contemplated them, too, because they're Jim Hadar, you know. And like I said, my brain kept going to, like, evil. 
Um, I don't, I guess mm. I'll own my truth too, Adrian. But, um, but yeah, I, there were other designs I like. Well, that's a cool design. I don't know. The one I, the pictures I found just weren't doing it justice. That is kind of cool. It looks like a scarab. Yeah, like it's a, a scarab. scarab. Yeah. 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 yeah, an yeah. Egyptian scarab. They're badass. They work in packs. Yeah. They come and get you. I mean, the Jem'Hadar are just tough and, you know, I love them. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those ships that looks like it almost looks different when you look at it from the underside because it has like the purple belly. Now, uh, the fact yeah. that we got that we got a Jem'Hadar ship and like Garrick was flying it or was like looking out the window, <laughs> like it just, uh, yeah, I got to be in there. I got to do that and I hope Garrick's there too. Yeah, there you go. There's a picture of the underside for you, Allison. If you were, yes, <laughs> isn't yeah, that, yeah. Well, you know, like. <laughs> Beetles, scarabs, or whatever, are sometimes two toned. You know, like they have that mm -hmm. iridescent color, like that purple. Yeah, that totally. Oh my gosh, I bet if you learn the behind the scenes, that they would have to say that's what it's. They Possibly. saw a dead I beetle. Model, but... I saw a dead <laughs> beetle, model, or I watched <laughs> the mummy, and now we have the Jem'Hadar. <laughs> I like I the aesthetic impressed. of the Dominion ships in general. The Dominion battleship's really badass as well, but it doesn't look like a bug so much as just a pointy warship. But again, I'll I'll, I'll knock it into that in case it's on anybody's list. But yeah, so uh, that was a again. I keep forgetting almost to write these down because I'm preparing the images. So it's the Gem Hadar attack ship would get four points from you. Is that yes, right? Uh, my number seven was the Gem Hadar fighters. Yeah, yeah, four points. That's Nobody's it. Nobody's picked yeah. it yet, but that's fine. Um, We'll see if anybody else does have that on their list. And we'll move right. on to Allison. Tell us why you like the Romulan Warbird. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can see the avatar. <laughs> Look at that cool face. It's so, let me pull up my picture so I can see it closer. And I don't worry, I have one here. Honorable <laughs> mention from my friend. It wasn't her like top choice, but she, we were in our chat yesterday, we were talking about how they look like different things. And, she was like, this one looks like a bird, and it, it does. Um, but my friend Julianne mentioned this one. So I was looking at it, and, well, obviously, the the sides look like wings. The face looks like, you know, the face of um, some majestic bird, like an eagle, a hawk, something. But it even kind of gives me Aztec vibes. If you look mm -hmm. at the, um, if you kind of zone in, zoom in to the front, I almost see like a little face. Yeah, like there's a beak eyes. on it, isn't there? Really? <laughs> yeah, I see little eyes, I see the beak, I see like where there could be a mouth, and then that middle part's a neck, and then you've got the wings. The warbird, <laughs> the official designation for that one is Romulan Dideridex class, which I hate because that's a dumb name. <laughs> I just know it as the Romulan warbird, but now there are like four different things that you can call that. <laughs> Dare, what was it? Dideridex class, Dideridex. The apostrophe D E R I apostrophe D E X. It's so stupid. Which sounds very similar to some Vulcan stuff because I have another Vulcan one. Makes that's sense. Old similarly. Yeah. 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 I guess that would figure since they're kind of the same lineage of people. Yeah. yeah. GK, what's your number seven ship? I'm. <laughs> <laughs> My number seven is. Oh, God. It's, it's another one just I love because of just the sheer scale of it. Uh, but this one's going back to the uh, original series, and it's the Fisarius from the First Federation. Oh, I didn't pick an image of that, but yeah, it's just a big ball. <laughs> it is. 
And when it's on screen and when it's, you know, when it zooms up to the Enterprise, you think, what is on this ship? And then you turn out it's just young Clint Howard and a Muppet. But it, <laughs> it just fills you with, again, it gets your imagination running. And I, and I love that. <sighs> yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's basic, but it works for what it does. Even the little shuttle thing that it sends out is just a smaller little <laughs> sphere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah, I, I, cool. I, I kind of like the... Uh, Again, it's, it's it's just because it's just it makes you wonder what technological marvels are on are on board, and yeah. it turns out very little due to the budget. But it <laughs> you can kind of you know imagine how amazing it is inside there. DK, before we go any further, would you like a drink of Tranya? <laughs> <laughs> Four points for the for serious. My number seven is. From the original series as well, actually. Um, and it is the famous or infamous, depending on how you look at it, Romulan Bird of Prey. Uh, now, a large part of this, I'll be perfectly honest, is just due to the fact that it has a bird painted on the bottom of it. And I'm just an idiot who's just a sucker for <laughs> obvious, easy aesthetics. And so I saw this and was like, bird. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's cool. It looks cool. It's, it's. I don't know. There's something about the fact that it's not... It doesn't look like anything we've seen. Like I've mentioned a few times, it doesn't really... I mean, it might have what looks like nacelles on it, but it's smaller. It's at a different shape. It looks sufficiently alien. It's one of only about three ships that they bothered making for the original series. There it is. And then, like I said, it's got a bird painted on the bottom of it. That's just cool. Bird of prey. Bird, why not? And, you know, if, if we're being a stickler, technically it was the first ship that's supposed to have ever had a cloaking device, although now... You know, <laughs> there's been a thousand in Enterprise and Strange New Worlds, but yeah, there, there was something cool about how intimidating it was. It was small, it could cloak, it fired this deadly plasma weapon, and again, it's got a bird being on the bottom of it. <laughs> and the bird has that. kind of an aztec feel. It does. That's one of the things I mentioned, because I've got an image somewhere of the, the, the updated version for Strange New Worlds, and I'm not as fond of it, because they just make the bird like a red... And an abstract pattern on the bottom, and I'm like, that's not as cool. I don't like that as much. <laughs> we'll move to you, Adrienne, and we'll ask what is your number six ship. Okay, my number six is uh, the Borg Sphere that you guys basically hated <laughs> earlier. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's awesome just because it's a sphere and not a cube, and it's, like, menacing and... I just think it's great. I love it. It's fast. It's maneuverable. And, you know, I always want one of these things. Yeah. I mean, it, it does the job. But like I say, I think I prefer it as an escape pod rather than a ship within its own right. Because when it started becoming like the size of Voyager and it's still just a sphere. And I'm like, well, why would they bother? <laughs> they got cubes. Well, I guess uh, my, my favorite is the first one we see. That I just think it's mm. really awesome. Yeah. The one from First Contact, which is like. Yeah. And then that, that huge scene where. Mm -hmm the time and everything and you know seeing it in the theater like that just way up close which is yeah. the only way to watch star trek movies is in the front row just in case anybody's ever <laughs> gonna go to the theater and see one again don't sit in the back that's the chicken's way up <laughs> yes could be fully engulfed be in space in that battle against the borg awesome yeah that's really cool i, I mean the borg sphere i don't hate it it's functional it does what it's intended to but i just think it's a bit redundant but yeah Fair enough. I like that you picked it, so at least it gets represented. Um, Alison, you haven't changed your avatar, so I'm confused. What uh, is your <laughs> crud? 
Hold on. <laughs> you don't have you to know. do it. I'm just. <laughs> no, I want to. It's fun. But, you know, I get the ADHD kicks in and I'm like, squirrel. Okay. So now I'm. Really- <laughs> oh, I have ADHD too. So it's good. I, I'm totally squirrel myself. I'm I'm probably <laughs> I probably am worse than anyone here. All right. So this is the Vulcan D Dakir Dakir type. Yeah. Dakir type battle cruiser. And again, I just like that it's the circle with the ship in the middle. This one seems more though like the circles at the end in the cell or mm. whatever it is but um like it's almost like the ship has a circle at the end and then this circle goes through that circle and i know yeah. that's very I'm vague i'm sorry people... cool. yeah no, i think that would be cool, a really cool i think that'd be a really cool model it is. It's quite a cool model because you could. You don't really get an impression of it on screen, but the the way that the ring is kind of connected to the body of the ship, it seems a lot more stable. If you know what I mean, because there's mm-hmm. the one we showed earlier, the Surak class was very, like it, almost free floating, and the Dakia yeah. type is connected. Like you know, how connected. is it connected? Yeah. Yeah, because there's like an empty, like a ring at the back. There's an empty ring at the back of the body of the ship, which then mm-hmm. the ring itself goes through. So it's kind of connected to that by the sides and it's like okay i can my head can work out now how this is connected and how it's all of a piece whereas yeah. it with the other one it was like hmm that's looking a little bit unstable you know but yeah i love this uh Dakia type it's a really cool sign i think i can't remember which type of these it is that appears in lower decks but it's one of the two of them i'm sure anyway good designs though always rings and cool you know uh, whatever color this is you would call it brown i guess <laughs> brass awesome i don't know Brass is a good call, actually. Yeah, cool. Awesome. DK, what is your number six, is it? <laughs> yeah, uh, my number six, it's the Bajoran Solar Sailor. It is, it is gorgeous. I don't have the model of that because I'm told it just falls apart, as you would imagine. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, what do you like about this Bajoran Solar Sailor? I just, I just think it's beautiful. And it just reminds me of the episode, and I think it's a fantastic episode of DS9. But... Uh, Okay. Yeah, in a in a universe that's full of you know nacelles and stuff like that, I just love the primitive design of this, and it's a very it's just a very pretty ship. Hmm. Cool. There seems to be a lot of uh, you know a lot of romantics in Starfleet, so hmm. I'm surprised you know you don't see more of this kind of type of ship, especially when they're yeah. always quoting Melville and. <laughs> I mean, it's not. Hugely functional, though, because, I mean, you're talking sub, sub-light impulse speeds, you know, that it's not going to get you anywhere fast, is it? When you yeah, think about but, it, so. you know, it's it's the difference these days between going on a sailing ship and taking a jet. True, you'd think there'd be a few more for, like, pleasure cruisers or little jaunts within the solar systems and things, I guess. But Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, ju- I just think it's a beautiful little design. That's fair enough. Who uh, knew also, you were uh, such a romantic... Exactly. Yeah. I love oh, he really is, actually. <laughs> and, you know, it's very, uh, it is an absolutely stunning piece. You know, it's, it really mm. is the Bajoran uh, ship. I completely forgot to put it on my list and I feel bad about it. But 
Um, it, uh, it really is. Well, you can say it. We can retrospectively call it one of your honorable mentions. Then. Yes, it, yes, please. <laughs> and it I love that is. episode so much. It's such a great bonding mm. episode between father and son. Yes, and it's going to it is, it. Yeah. yeah, it really oh, is. Is that the one where they get like stuck out in it? Yes, yeah. yes, that's yes. the one. Yeah, and they have that to work is. together. Yeah, because at first yeah. Jake didn't want to go. Remember, he's like, Dad, this is dumb. But he yeah. ended up going, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's so great. Yes, I do get what you're saying. There is a romanticism about it, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's cool. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, that's five points for that as well, isn't it? Or are we on? Yes. Oh, that was right. <laughs> that was DK's five-pointer. So we're up to my number six. Uh, my number six is an icon. Uh, some of you might think it's a bit low, but I am going to go with the Klingon D7 Battlecruiser from the original series and beyond because... Just look at that design. Again, like I said, they only invented like three ships for the original series, but the ones that they invented, man, they knocked it out of the park. Because again, completely different from the Enterprise. There's no sign of, other than like little stubby nacelles, I guess, there's no sign of any kind of joint lineage. And yet it looks so evocative and it's so cool. And yeah, it, it, you get warship vibes from it. Or I do anyway. And I just think... I don't know what it is about. There's something primal about that shape. Maybe it's just because I saw it as a young age or whatever, but I'm like, that shape and everything just looks absolutely super cool. And I'm here for it. And yeah, every variation of it from Discovery and Strange New Worlds, etc. cetera, uh, whether or not it's a D7 or a Katinga, there's some debate now, but <laughs> I just think, yeah, it's really cool. I like it. And, it's, uh, you're not going to get an argument from me. I will say, again, not to sound overly pretentious, but I do have a little story about this, which is the very first time these... Klingon battlecruisers were ever seen on screen, uh, they were used by the Romulans. They weren't used by the Klingons because they invented or they, they, they kind of made the ship for the third season of the original series. They hadn't, in previous appearances, the Klingon ships hadn't been seen. They'd always been at a distance or we just didn't go outside to see them. In the remastered episodes now, they do appear, but at the time they didn't appear. So they invented this ship uh, to appear in the episode that I mentioned earlier, Alarm of Troyes. Uh, and then when they came to film the Enterprise incident, the episode with the Romulans, they realized that somebody had basically stepped on and smashed the Romulan Bird of Prey model. <laughs> so they used they used the D7 model that they already had invented for the Klingons. But in the way that these things sometimes happen, the episode broadcast order was shuffled. So they appeared as the Romulan ships first, even though there is a line in the episode about Romulans are using Klingon ships. There must be some kind of exchange, which I just find fascinating and just kind of like one of those historical, like, that is so weird because I don't think of these as anything but a Klingon ship. And yet the very first time they appeared, there's an entire generation that are just like, they're Romulan ships, maybe. But yeah, bizarre stories of life. Anyway, <laughs> that was my dumb story about the D7 Battlecruiser. So, no, these stories are, we need these stories, Mike. Absolutely. They're wonderful. Yeah, is... I love to hear about the ships. I love all that stuff. So keep it up. Fair yeah, enough. You, uh, we're on to a connection to it. Otherwise, we'd just be, you know, it's like far Borg here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get into that. <laughs> but yeah, so we're on to the number fives then. Uh, and Adrienne, again, we're, we're back to you. What's your number five ship? Okay, mine's already been mentioned, but it is the ever sophisticated. Vulcan Surat class. <laughs> I love it. Wow. It's so different. You're the it, third person to pick striking. this. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Because when you first see it, and you're, you're looking at it like in TOS, you're like, what is that? It's so wonderful. So it's clearly well, it appear different. in TOS, but I'm assuming you mean an entity. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, right. Well, 
Yes, of course. When we first see it early on in the timeline, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's strikingly beautiful. It's so different. It's obviously um, engineered to the T. Yeah. So I just love it. Yeah. You see what I mean though about how the ring is kind of like free floating there, and it almost feels like it should fall. <laughs> It's not as well connected as the Dakia, which I think I prefer. But that's <laughs> anyway. what's so great about it. It makes that, um, it's not circumference, but what is that? I'm not, I wish I was an engineer, but what is it called when it's going in a circle oh, and it makes the energy? Oh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Centrifugal force. Thank you. The centrifugal oh, yes. force. That's what they. I cannot yeah. believe I just pulled that out of my. Hey, head. that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, our, our brains made a we made a one true brain there. We we connected. So, yeah. <laughs> ADHD, <laughs> awesome. ADHD for the win. <laughs> totally. Between the four of us, we have one brain. Woo. Hey, we that'll do. That's that's if awesome. If I only had Wait, we got to do a musical <laughs> moment. If I we really only do. had yeah, a brain. Had a brain. <laughs> well i've given uh six points to, I, I like the vulcan chips but i'm genuinely surprised that appeared on three out of our four choices and uh, may well make the top 10 so awesome uh, so allison i'm judging by your avatar is that the zindi aquatic ship that i can see it so is yes so this one gets nice. an honorable mention my friend julianne this is her favorite um but i just like it um well one i really like the zindi like adrian was saying um that but i think the aquatic ones were my favorite i just that was just such yeah. a fascinating species you know they just had totally, yeah totally yeah you know some people feel like that arc kind of went on a while and it oh, it wasn't long but yeah, I, like I liked yeah i liked learning about them and how they had all these different species within their um their culture and the aquatic yeah. ones you know you would think like that would be the hardest ones to like communicate with but i think they were probably the most advanced out of all of them they were more um like superior when it came to um like just not wanting to get into a war like weren't they the ones that ultimately yeah. like it didn't the war didn't happen because of them yeah they had kind of the deciding vote but i kind of like the idea that their kind of species trait was that they take absolutely ages to decide anything because they want to come up come at it from every angle yeah. so i think the, even the others indie were like oh archer they're debating everything but oh it's gonna be a while before they decide yeah. one way or the other and i'm like i kind of like that though there's something nice about a species that's like no we have to really debate this and consider this we can't just rush to anything and it's yeah. honestly like the better version of the vulcan you know like we want we yeah. think of vulcans they're logical but really what they do is suppress emotions which as we know in modern Sorry, guys, you know, counselor here, but we know in modern day, you know, psychology and stuff like that, suppressing your emotions is not good. And I think they do a good job showing that with several of the Vulcan characters. Um, so but, you know, them, they actually, you know, like you said, they take their time they meditate, focus, they whatever. They really think through the the um, choices and the decisions that they make. And it just I don't know, like. When I think of them in that ship, it just feels wise and um, it just evokes those feelings of watching Enterprise again, which is one of my favorite yeah. series. Oh, and um, welcome. Yeah, we all love Enterprise too. <laughs> oh, you know, I tried to watch it before some of the other ones and I felt like it was a little hokey, which 
I've heard other people say that too. Like it was hard at first, but when I got into it, man, it became one of my favorites because I just love that yeah. perspective of before Starfleet. So, um, I mean, they were the pioneers, you know, and actually their enterprise is my favorite enterprise. So, oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. it did win our uh, top 10 Starfleet ships. Actually, it came first, believe it or not. So, yeah. I knew you guys were smart. So, um, so yeah, that's <laughs> why, you know, my friend did mention this one, but, you know, it made my list because I love the Zindi and I like just their whole concept. So, very nice. Fantastic. Uh, so, DK, we're up to you. What's your number five ship? My number five has been mentioned before, but it's the uh, the Deridex. Ah, the old Romulan warbird. Uh, what do you like about it? Then? It's, uh, again, <laughs> it was on one of those uh, the posters that got my uh, imagination going back in the day when Next Gen mm. first kind of started. And it's just a very noble-looking ship. I'm, you know me. I'm not a big fan of the Romulans. I'm not a huge fan of Romulan <laughs> culture. I think it's... Yeah, because you're wrong. <laughs> for, for want of a better term, it's just dull but uh i think this goes against that for me i just think it looks yeah. it's just beautiful it's some beautiful design choices very as i say it's just a very noble looking ship you really won't want to mess with it yeah absolutely tk you are not going to believe this but my number five ship is the romulan to derodex class Yay! so i can wow, just keep that's cool just... <laughs> Another tie. That's orange. Yeah, I know. That's awesome. Yeah, you're right. It's there's there's an elegance to it which betrays how utterly big it is, you know. And like you said, a lot of the merchandise I remember posters, jigsaws, and all kinds of things, which was just Enterprise D facing off against a warbird or two, because it was so cool and such an evocative image. And again, not to you know beat the same drum, but it just looks so different from a Starfleet ship. So that, you know, you can recognizably say, oh, crumbs, this is a, an enemy species, a different, completely different species to us. You know, everything's laid out in a completely different way. And everything that you guys already said, you, DK, and you, Allison, it looks like a bird. It has a little beak at the front of it. You can see, despite that, that it's also a humongous ship, just judging by windows and size and stuff, where everything is. And... Yeah, I don't even care about the kind of empty space just because I like that as a design choice. I think it adds to that elegance and, and the idea that it has wings, that it is a bird. Um, and at the end of the day, it's powered by a miniature black hole, which, yeah. come on, you can't get more badass than that. <laughs> well, there we go. That's another several points for the Dodera because we've had it on three of our lists. So it got six points from me and UDK after already getting four points from Alison. So... Uh, we're back around again to the number, is it number four ships? Let me just check. Yes. Yes, it is. So your number four ship, please, Adrienne, if you don't mind. Well, it might be time to change my paradigm. <laughs> it is the temporal warship from the Krenum. <laughs> I love yeah, that is. ship. It's so tough. Yes. And the story is, it... is so just so harrowing at the end and i i just love that ship it's a great one it's so powerful and even though it's literally only one tiny thing in one series one season one series um it's just made such a big impression on me so that's my choice it's badass i love it and that, yeah that two-part is great i don't love the whole reset button at the end of that two-parter but it's still it's too good of an experience to fully write off i think it's amazing and yeah i love the Krenim ship 
well, never mind. It doesn't look anything like a Papillon station, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to watch that show. Someone's someone's trying way too hard to convince himself. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to uh, stop sharing that. But yeah, I love that design. It's so cool. It's uh, yeah. It's a shame we didn't get to see a bit more of it. Anyway, uh, so that was your number four, which gives you it seven points. Alison, uh, I'm assuming Klingon Bird of Prey. <laughs> You know it, baby cakes. Okay. So. Baby cakes. <laughs> you don't know me well enough to stop calling me that. Sorry. <laughs> you just, you're officially in the baby cakes. Realm. Yes, you are. <laughs> you you have a new pet name. We will yeah. all be using it now. That's, That's awesome. That's getting brought up right. Yes. Thanks yes. for yeah. that. You are, <laughs> you are officially Mike, a.k.a. baby cakes. <laughs> totally. Um, okay. So this one also honorable mention from my friend Dennis, and he randomly was like, "Klingon Bird of Prey," and I was like, "Well, which one? Do you have a specific one? Because there's lots of them." And then he gave me this picture, um, and yeah, we both there's only one Klingon Bird. The others are pretenders. When you say Klingon Bird of Prey, you think whatever this is, the Burrell or Cavort class both look the same. Gotcha. It's cool. Thing. Because I have a model. It's the only model I have, and someone actually gave it to me. It was really sweet of them. Um, I have the one from Discovery. And oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool looking. The um, the wings yeah. instead of going out, they kind of go out and under a little bit. Um, yeah, the Discovery one's almost like a. It's moving towards being a circle in a way. Um, a little sounds, bit like yeah, a half, you know I mean? like a half moon kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there is other things it. called um, Klingon birds of prey because there's a one from Enterprise from the 22nd century as well. And then there's the abysmal one that looks like the Spaceballs camper van from the Star Trek Into Darkness. <laughs> um, so what I like about this one are the markings on the wings, so to speak. They look yeah, like... Yeah, because it's got a bird on it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, the, the head part looks more primitive because it's a perfect little circle. But um, mm -hmm. the but the the wings are just really badass. I just, you know... I don't know who gets these jobs of designing these, but they are very lucky because mm -hmm. like, that's mm -hmm. like a dream job, you know, to sit yeah. there and just think up designs for, for ships. I mean, yeah. come on. Absolutely. I know. I, I love that. I do have, and again, the audience are probably going to grow a little bit of a story about the invention of the Klingon bird of prey. Um, so you'll probably know that it debuted in Star Trek three, the search for Spock. Uh, the original villains of that film weren't going to be the Klingons. It was going to be the Romulans. And so this was actually designed as a Romulan bird of prey <laughs> because it was like an updated version of the one that appeared in the original series, which is why it's got like the red bird painted on the underside and it looks the way that it does. So the entire Klingon aesthetic that we know basically happened by accident because somebody tried to invent an updated Romulan ship. Uh, and yeah, when, when the villains were swapped out for the Klingons, they apparently logicked it within their own heads as, well, the Romulans used... The, the Romulans use Klingon battlecruisers in TOS, so maybe they're just all swapping similar kinds of ships. And then that just got forgotten about when it was like, nah, it's just a Klingon ship. <laughs> so it's like one of those weird, fortuitous things that just happened. So now you know. <laughs> I'll pop up a the more you know G.I. Joe type graphic there for you. But yeah, madness to think that it, it wasn't intended to be a Klingon design at all. And yet it's got the cool you know, weapons fire thing that the, the battlecruisers have at the front. It's got the cool greenness. It's got the menacing look. And I love that the wings, can, this is so simplistic, but that the wings can just go like in three different positions because <laughs> yay, functionality. <laughs> anyway, 
uh, I'm going to show up now. <laughs> we love your your nerdy outness over the ships. I'm fully embarrassing myself. I do apologize. No, it's, <laughs> it's cool, Mike. Baby cakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this this is the place to fully embarrass yourself if you really want to let go. You know what I mean? Just let go. Uh -huh. Start singing if you want. Yes, How long have you been this podcast, Mike? If you think you're only embarrassing yourself now, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for that. That's not going to keep me up at night, anyway. <laughs> What's your number four ship then, DK? Uh, my number four is the Tholian Web Spinner. Oh, Ooh. almost made my list. Just to clarify, DK, are you talking the original series or are you talking the one from Enterprise? Because they are different. The 22nd century one. So that's the one from Enterprise. It is, but I've I've got a, a love for both of them, if I'm being honest, because okay. obviously the Ooh. first time I saw them was uh, Tholian Web. That's yeah. really cool looking. Let me see if I can. I like it. Good choice. Thank you. Yeah, I mean they're this remarkably also, similar. This one also reminds me of like it could drill in, you know. To well, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, these are the ones that. Yes. Okay. So are you? Do you like the one that's? Um, the okay, so I'm seeing. I remember that episode with the web, and it catches the. Um, yes. Okay. Okay. Sorry, y'all. I'm remembering now. <laughs> that is a really cool feature. If you think about it, you know. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I I like. I should probably. Have, I, I didn't really make my list, but I I love. I I was like you. I was just captivated in the Tholian web. The first time you saw it spinning that like energy web around the Enterprise. And yeah. Like, it's such a cool ass idea. It's, I, I love it. Um, I'm surprised that the Tholians haven't been used more, especially in the uh, the current, you know, in the current batch mm. of uh, series that we get, because they're so underutilized. And frankly, they yeah. scare the bejesus out of me more than the uh, the Gorn ever did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tholian web spinner, seven points. Uh, so we're up to my number four then. Uh, and my number four is, again, it's iconic, but it's simple, and it's already come up before. My number four is the ball cube <laughs> because, like I said, kind of we I was alluding to earlier when we were talking about it. It's there's something about it again that just as soon as you see it, it it, it raises something in me. The hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I'm like, oh crap, so <laughs> something bad's coming. <laughs> so, and uh, whether it's like those, the, the appearance of it from the very opening shot in First Contact when you just see the bottom of it coming into frame and then it's getting shot at and it's just taking all this fire, like, ah, whatever. To the, you know, the initial cool appearances in Next Gen, the appearances, that fantastic, like, uh, cold open of Scorpion Part 1 from Voyager where you see two ball cubes and you're crapping yourself and then the Species 8472 ships just blow them up and you're immediately like, what just happened? <laughs> or I was, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's something about it. It's... It makes absolute sense for a species like the Borg because it is functionality over form. It's just basic. It gets the job done. It looks dull and robotic as they are. And yeah, I love it. Borg cube. <laughs> what can he <you> say? <laughs> uh, right. I'll move us on because I'm aware of time uh, plowing away here. So we're on to the number threes now. And Adrienne, what's your number three ship? Okay. Well, it sounds like all of you solve for why. So clearly I'm the X. I am oh. honey. <laughs> you've been drinking. <laughs> I know, right? My number three is the Borg Cube, the original hey, Borg Cube. <laughs> that's so weird. 
because <laughs> it's um, like everybody says, it's your basic square in space. But just remember the feeling that you got when you first saw mm -hmm. it. You were just like, what? Because it's so, the original one, you know, it's so dense. But I, I, I like how um, deep, um, we said the um, monolithic kind of a thing. And mm. it's just functional. It, it No life. It's fully compacted. And yeah, love it. Fantastic. I can't argue with that because obviously I had it in the same, uh, more or less the same position, just one place lower. So that's another eight points to the ball cube. And again, it's on three lists so far. Uh, so, Alison, again, you haven't changed your avatar, so I'm I'm baffled. What is your number three ship? Son of a beach. Sorry. <laughs> I, thought, I was like, I got to stay on top of this. And then what do I do? Okay. My number Ooh. three is the Shrike. Yeah. Oh, from Picard no season three. <laughs> yes. I just, if we're thinking menacing, if we're thinking like the worst kind of person ever, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This ship just embodies bodies menacing to me. I like the sleekness of it. Um, it does kind of have some throwbacks to some of those that have been on the list, though, about that kind of, you know, like I said, they look like they could almost dig a little hole or something, you know, Um like the um ah, i've already forgotten the names but you know what i mean so um but i think i'm noticing a theme for me a lot of these ships i've chosen because of how i thought that they could i guess hurt the federation um yeah and as of the enemy you know so to speak so these um this one though yeah i think it's does the trick so to speak yeah it's it's cool um, yeah, it, it also has that kind of crab-like thing pointing out forward going on for it, doesn't it? So, mm -hmm. And again, size, just make, if you want an easy way to make us intimidated, just put it up against the Federation ship and make it look 10 times the size. Right, right. <laughs> oh! Yes. Yeah, your picture look makes it definitely look more um, crab-like or like yeah. evil crab, mirror universe mm. crab. Like yeah. if you had like like in the Simpsons with the sewage, you know, into the the little lake when all the little fishies have three eyes, that's yeah. what their their crab would look like. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I I I don't particularly love the design of it, but I do like the idea of again if you would consider this part of the ship. But I like that it fired that cool portal weapon thing because that was just a cool idea where it just fired a weapon at you that would then you'd go through a hole and just appear in a different place it was just a, a random like what that would that would be such a head trip <laughs> but yeah and uh yeah you kind of got to love the fact that they, they scanned it and were like it's got every weapon known to the federation and some we don't know because uh, if you want a shorthand for just we're effed that <laughs> probably is gonna do it <laughs> yeah yeah awesome. definitely shrike gets your uh let's see that was your number three wasn't it so eight points so dk what would be your number three my number three is again been mentioned the klingon bird of prey hey the old famous best one <laughs> yes it, it's it's it, it's got to it's got very difficult actually the uh, my top three are interchangeable but as mm. for today this one made the number three spot awesome so, uh, favorite appearance of the Bird of Prey? There's been a few. <laughs> it's. I'm just going to say the original Trek movies, not the the yeah. ones in in the first season of Next Generation where they look like they're powered by the engine from your average larder. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this. The, the I'm first pretty sure they're just stock footage of the ones from the movies, dude. 
No, no, when they're, they're attacking the, the Enterprise D and they look like they've been filmed, dragged through treacle. I just think they look <laughs> terrible when they go slow. Bird of Prey should be fast, always fast. Uh, so, yeah, the movies. Yeah, I, I think the same, especially Star Trek Three. Very good use of the uh, Bird of Prey. And four, I suppose it's the same one. So, yeah, cool. Uh, so my number, what is it, three? Uh, my number three, weirdly enough, is also Klingon. Uh, some people are going to debate me having this as a separate entry, but my number three is the Klingon Katinga class battlecruiser, <laughs> which I know some people would say is the same as the D7, but I class it as different. Uh, and I'm thinking specifically of like the, the one you first saw in the motion picture. Kiki, I know you'll appreciate this. That opening scene in the motion picture where you see these things and the detail that it has as they get attacked by features and stuff. Yeah, just incredible, isn't it, really? <laughs> yeah, and again, it's it's used so brilliantly in the movies. The scene that I've got up here is from Star Trek Six, where, again, it just looks so menacing next to the Enterprise. <laughs> How cool is that? You know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Great design, but developed into something even more extra special and uh, can't really say beyond that. So, Adrienne, what's your number two, Shiv? <laughs> Well, um, for anyone who has listened to us before, you know I'm a huge Martok fan. Martok happens to fly <laughs> the IKS Rotaran, which happens to be a Klingon ship. So way to go, Klingons. You're doing well. So you're also going with that famous Klingon bird of prey. Yes, please. The famous Klingon bird of prey. Also, um, while we're out here, I might as well say that uh, my friend from the Blood and Ashes pod, Jody, uh, this is... His favorite, although I couldn't get a, a list uh, from him because of time, he said, oh, well, I absolutely oh. love the Klingon. So we just put it out there. Yeah, the Klingon Bird of Prey is iconic for a reason. I think it probably is going to end up winning the day for us. But, um, we'll see. It might. And, of course, the Rotaran is the one that we've been inside. You know, when yeah. we were talking about the episode before, Well, you know, I mean, so. Star Trek Four, as I said, takes place because by that point, the Enterprise is destroyed and they steal the Bird of Prey. So I'd say that's the mm -hmm. first time we're really... Like inside of it, and we get a sense of it. So yeah, yeah, awesome. And apparently, it can it can transport whales. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the animal, not the entire country, obviously. <laughs> awesome. Any other thoughts on the the bird of prey, Adrian? No, I kind of think that we have uh, all given our thoughts about about it. Yeah, there might be good. more, but who knows? <laughs> awesome. So, Alison, you're keeping us guessing, judging by the avatar. What is your number two? <laughs> yes drum roll please we think that the klingon might win but we have all except one mentioned the borg cube that, that gets Ooh. my number two i just you know i think maybe like most people the borg you know freaked me out at first but i am actually kind of intrigued by them you know i'm gonna have to go there again but I am intrigued by the queen's backstory. How did she get to this point? Ooh, that's a good picture. How'd she get to this point of this need for a connection? And the only way to get this connection is to assimilate. Um, I like the whole character development backstory of things. Um, I do think, I mean, she, she used it in a very manipulative way, but I feel like we got a little a glimpse of that in Picard. Um, I believe season two, you know, when they go back in time and with yeah. the, the doctor lady who then becomes the new queen. But um, so, you know, this one fascinates me just because I think in the beginning, like TNG and stuff, especially you really only see like 
they're this menacing threat, you know, and like, are they going to assimilate us? And then you see that they're also in the Delta quadrant and that might be where they started. And, you know, um, you know, all this stuff and, you know, this, this just, I don't, it reminds me of like when they have big, um, when they compact trash. Yes. That's what it looks yeah. like to me. I never thought and of that, really, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you really think about it, it's kind of what it is, isn't it? I mean, they take yeah. pieces from other cultures and assimilate it into their ships, into their mechanics. Um, I mean, they really, which actually is kind of like the United States too, right? You know, we, uh, we are a, an <laughs> That's assimilation. cultural assimilation. <laughs> yeah, we are a cultural assimilation, um, you know, but we think we own the country. That's another thing uh for another day but um yeah so i just i think the whole like what makes the borg the borg is kind of fascinating and i also like that in the newer shows we've gotten to see how some borg have been able to unassimilate obviously seven of nine and then there was the other one um well hugh yeah the borg cube weirdly enough then has appeared on all four of our lists just mm -hmm. so as you know, because you said uh, three out of four, but it's actually been on all four of the lists now. Oh, okay. So, cool. Awesome. Uh, DK, then what's your number two drum roll? <laughs> all right. Number two, it's been mentioned before. Guess. Uh, surprise, sorry. Uh, yeah. It's the Katinga. Yes, it is. <laughs> I knew you'd be with me on that one. <laughs> Definitely. Those opening moments from the motion picture are just chef's kiss. Yeah. It took an already good design and just gave it that bit of extra oomph, and I just love it. Can't believe we're the only two that have the Katinga on our list, <laughs> or that I'm the only one that has my D7. I think on my list for that matter. But yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's just it's something about the way that they made it and the way they rendered it for those original movies looks good and fantastic in 4K, as I'm sure I've bragged once or twice already. But yeah. Cool. <laughs> <clears throat> So yeah, my number two then, just to uh, you know, round out another another ship that uh, all four of us have picked. My number two is the Klingon Bird of Prey, <laughs> <laughs> because like I said, I just I love all the stories behind it. It's rightfully iconic. It's so it's turned up in practically every series because of the way it looks and how cool it is and how it just it reeks Klingon from the moment you see it. But it's also versatile. It got used as as the kind of default Starfleet ship in Star Trek Four. And like I said, it, it can move its wings around from flight to attack position, which makes it look even more badass. And I don't know. Again, it's one of those things that's just like like the shape of like a Dalek or, a, you know, the Enterprise. It's ingrained oh. in my cultural identity of like, I see this ship in this coloring and I'm like, yeah, that's that, that, that brings something emotional out in me. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going with the bird of prey. And so quickly as we can, we're around everybody's number one. So, epic drum rolls. Adrienne, what gets your full 10 points? What's your number one best alien ship? Well, I'm going to be grounded, and I'm sorry because <laughs> what a letdown. But I picked the the um, HMS Bounty. That's my oh, okay. favorite well, one, and it's a Klingon bird Klingon so. bird of prey, that's fine. Okay, okay I'm not <laughs> grounded. Good, okay. But yeah, I just love that. I love how it, it say, basically saves the world, saves the universe. Um, Dr. McCoy names it. Uh, it's got historical irony and it's just interesting. So it's the HMS bounty and well done everyone. 
That's fair enough. I'm just going to add that to the list on Klingon Bird of Prey because they're okay. all the same thing. But I'm fully, I can understand separating the Rotoran and the Yeah, there's bounty just because, such, yeah, it, yeah, so different. It sacrificed so. another place anyway, so I'll, I'll right. fully allow that. <laughs> okay, good. Thank Pretty, you. Thank Alison, what is your uh, number one greatest alien ship of all time? All right. All right. Well, here we go. This is mine. And you said you were surprised, but... We're waiting. It's oh, the Katinga! Hey. <laughs> so, this one, I mean, from the beginning was my favorite, but then also, honorable mention, this is also my friend Chris's favorite. Um, so, I don't know, this is an American term, but maybe you guys have heard of it, but it just reminds me of a badonkadonk. <laughs> a hefty badonkadonk. When I see yeah. it, I'm yep. just like, this yeah. thing is carrying a badonkadonk or some junk in the trunk, maybe. It is, yeah. Um, and it's I like completely. that. And I feel yeah. like if any of the species were to have some badonkadonks and we're going to embrace <laughs> their badonkadonks. It's excited. Look at that light, light yeah. at the front of it that you've got lit up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, well, that almost reminds me of, like, I don't know, they're going to probe you in a scary kind of way, but... um. <laughs> No, it's a torpedo. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. Well, you or, know, or something like that, some kind of plasma or something. But yeah, I mean, when it's not lit up, like in your picture, it looks like a weird mm. little eye coming to get you. But um, yeah. So and I don't know. Like I just love the whole aesthetic of it. And you know, when I think of like our number hour, you know, like I am Starfleet. But um, when I think of our number one enemy, I usually think of the Klingons. I mean, they've been there since the beginning. Yes, their look has evolved a lot, <laughs> but um, they just, you know, we've had such a contentious history with them. And, you know, from enemy to ally, part of the Federation, and, you know, it's, it's such a different culture from a lot of the people that you see, like, as part of, like, a Starfleet ship. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that one is, that one's my number one choice. Nice. Awesome. Thanks for that, honey boo. Uh, so no problem, baby cakes. <laughs> I had to get you back at one point. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> DK, what is your epic number one? <laughs> okay. So bear in mind, it's interchangeable with the other three, my top three. And excuses. <laughs> no, no, you know me. I uh, I always like to throw something in at the last minute for some reason because my tastes seem to differ widely from everyone else in these top tens. You haven't heard uh, my but, number one yet. <laughs> but you knew you know that this would have been on the cards, mate, because you know me. And from besides, you know, scale, you know I love a sense of scale. Number one, it's Vija. Oh, okay. That, that was unexpected. Okay. Aww, that's so cute. <laughs> that okay. is one word I would not use to describe it. But yes, I I I just love this. I just love this shit. Yeah, it's hard to get I a sense of what it looks how much like. you love Viger. Yeah. Because yeah. I think we talked about Viger before. Yeah. 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 It's just it's a cool I idea, mean, but it's it's big, but it, even then it's not big enough. It needs a goddamn cloud. It does need a cloud. Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> what 
Well, since none of you have picked it, I can say that I'm surprised because I was expecting, given that you included um, Starbase One in the Starfleet ships list, DK. Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting on I was waiting on one of you picking DS9 since it is technically an alien space uh, <laughs> space station well, design. But nobody obviously <laughs> thought of that. So. I did not. Because you know, Cardassian design, isn't it? So yeah, it's not on my list. For the, that's not my number one. I just thought somebody, especially DK, I was like, I, I can imagine he might do that because you never know. Because because he's awkward. Uh, no, I <laughs> I just love this and I love the line in the motion picture that they actually cut from the theatrical one where uh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uhura says it could hold a crew of tens of thousands and then McCoy replies, or a crew of a thousand, ten miles tall. <laughs> Which is such a cool thing to think about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and I, ju I just love it. I just love it. And I, I don't subscribe to the theory that it was the Borg that found Vija because I think the ship design would have been so much more mundane had that occurred. Yeah, it's an interesting idea, though. You can see where they where they kind of pieced those bits together and came up with that concept, you know, machine planet. and Yeah, Shatner kind of ran with it in the return, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he did, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I just I just love this. And even now, to me, it's just this, this huge ship that holds so much mystery because we only saw the tiniest fraction of it. So even if you yeah. can, you know, you take into account that, okay, maybe a good portion of its engines, there's still so much unexplored territory there. Are we all ready for my very weird left field number one that literally nobody else has picked anywhere in their honorable yes, mentions? Yes, we're list? ready. And <laughs> I, it's probably because you love the model, but go ahead. Partly, but I do love, I've always loved this ship since I first saw it and kind of captured my imagination. And there's something weird about it, but um, I, I, I'll try and explain it as best I can. So my number one, my 10 points goes to the Merchantman, originally from Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Why did I not see that coming? You never show up about this, dude. I know, right? <laughs> I've mentioned this before a few times, and again, I just, I love the design. I love that, like you were saying about the Ferengi ship, DK, you can't tell which way around it's supposed to go, because yeah. yeah. those things in the in, on the wings look like guns, but they're actually facing backwards. I love that it's got this kind of organic, is it a manta ray almost kind of look? It's got like Thunderbird-style badass jet engine things on the back of it. It looks ramshackle yet somehow weirdly beautiful in its own way you know i don't know this and the shape and the general idea of it is just like it, it reeks of like spaceship to me and maybe it's the same reason that i ended up liking like serenity from firefly and stuff it's like the idea of we've cobbled together something and it's badass but you know it, it's not gonna look the prettiest but it, it does in its own way i don't know I think it's it's also partly like, and it's it's the same logic that people apply to the alien films in that, like we all we'd seen was like this Starfleet, which are like a pseudo military or the Klingon Defense Force, and this is basically just a bunch of random people that have a ship that are you know that they're traders or whatever you want to call them, just random on the job people trying to make it day to day, and uh, yeah. And I, I hate that it gets immediately destroyed by the Klingons after transmitting the data. But at the same time, that's a badass scene. And again, it's it's such a cool design that it's turned up in a thousand places, slightly repainted as just various other freighters and ships of the type. Mm -hmm. But True. yeah, I just I, I think because, again, it's it kind of uh, something other people have alluded to in other choices. Again, because it was first seen on the big screen or because mm -hmm. it was seen in like theatrical cinematic appearance. It just it, I don't know. It it. it drills into your brain a little bit more there so that anyway that's enough rambling from me about that one 
<laughs> so, well, so what I'm going to do then, I'm going to throw it over to DK with our audience response section, and I'm going to disappear and try to count up all of the scores and come up with a coherent uh, overall top 10 to, to give you at the end. So, DK, it's over to you, my friend. Incoming transmission. Yeah, no worries. Uh, we had a few uh, audience participation ones here. Uh, one uh, at Commander underscore Meg, I believe, is on Twitter or X or whatever the hell they call it these days. Uh, says the revs from Star Trek Prodigy are really cool. I love how huge they are. That's not ringing a bell with me. Anybody else? It's basically finished. it's the oh. ship that the Diviner flies around in. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that is a good one. <laughs> nice, nice choice there. I'm just, I, I can't believe we, none, none, no one in here thought about that one. Uh, Christopher on Mastodon. That's at t s p o e underscore pods at Mastodon social. He says, the TNG Romulans have always impressed me. Huge ships whose size never really got exploited. They were almost always shown with the Enterprise in the foreground, which masked their size. Would love to have seen them in a film where they could have done more than just sit nose to nose. Aside from them, I'll just say that I enjoyed when we met a species whose ships didn't have the two nacelles set up. Make them look more alien and unique, like the Torellians or Ferengi to a lesser extent. Uh, Sandra? Hey, Sandra. Uh, she said on our Discord, she says, I always talk about my fave, but it's uh, it's the Kelvin. I love the Narada, so if it's not already on your list. So, yeah, I think you covered that one, didn't you, Adrian? I did, and it makes sense that she would love it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then we've got Toby on our, on our Discord, who might just gave a list of ships, and um, this is the only one that we've got, so I'm going to go into what Toby said, and I think Toby's just commenting on their design. Klingon Bird of Prey says, so kind of looks like a turtle, and that's really fun. I am a fan. Klingon Battlecruiser, boring, looks blocky and uninteresting, like a beginner just starting out with creating models. Okay. Uh, Klingon Katinga class battleship. This looks very rusty and kind of like scrap parts. It's for sure a vibe, but not my favorite. Uh, he then says, Romulan Bird of Prey, original series. The design is pretty basic, but I do like the drawing at the bottom. Uh, the Romulan Warbird, the Deridex, that's fun. The front looks like the alien from Alien. Also, it kind of looks like an optical illusion on the picture. The front part is connected in the middle, but it kind of looks like it is on the back slash right if you only focus on the top half. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. The Romulan, to go. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it, it does seem to be a favorite from, uh, yeah, it is. you know, familiar with the series and people who just yeah. like the design. Uh, it then goes on to say Romulan drone ship. I like this as well. Kind of feels like an insect, like a poisonous insect with the needles, and that's a fun vibe for a ship. I also really like the dots. Only Mike can explain that. I presume that's something on the design. Uh, the Cardassian Hideki class, like that one as well. It looks like it's made out of wood. I really like the colors. Gives me an ancient vibe. He then goes on to talk about the Gala class. I don't really get this one. It looks too bland, and the colour doesn't look good. Uh, but for the Borg Cube, he says, you can't really go better than the campness of a flying cube. Iconic. A Borg Sphere feels like the cube, but cheap, unoriginal, and uninspired. I'm sorry, Adrian. I'm so, I, didn't, I didn't say that. that oh, Toby, we need to talk. <laughs> How are you going to escape? you got to escape, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he then says Borg Probe, see above Which I'm presuming he's referring to the sphere For his opinions on that one uh, 
he then lists Zindi Aquatic. I love that. It's called Aquatic, and that is really shown here. It feels orca-esque with the wings and the curvy form. I can picture it underwater. Uh, the Breen Warship. I think this feels a little messy. I don't really get the concept. The arms are too close to the middle part. Also, those neon green spots are weird. Uh, the Jem'Hadar battleship, he says, this feels very X-Wing, simple yet effective. The colours could pop a little more, but mostly it's good. And uh, he finishes with the Jem'Hadar attack ship, and he says, I don't like this one. It feels like it's giving uh, Scarab, but not succeeding. The bottom in violet doesn't fit. The shooters make sense, but don't look nice in this concept. So, yeah, I think it's... I think people are going to be having words for more than the... Uh, the bogs for you there, Adrian. So, yeah, and that's <laughs> yeah, that's all we've got on the participation. It doesn't look like a lot of people's uh, picked up on that one, which is a shame because I think it's well, been some nice, nice yeah. variety of designs in this. Yeah, I was just, I was kind of disappointed more people didn't chime in, but maybe when we actually put the episode out, people will uh, you know use it as a launch pad to give their opinions or tell us how wrong we are or whatever. Yeah, fingers so. crossed, we start a flame war. Oh god, no. <laughs> We're gonna get the people that are like, um, they like that because of the way it looks. They should like it because of all the specs, like do 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 you know those kind of people. Oh yeah. We didn't get that on the Starfleet trips one, so hopefully not. So Okay. But yeah, the um the spots that Toby was on about on the Romulan drone ship, by the way, are the hologram projectors, <laughs> but they do just appear like little red dots all over the uh, place. Okay, okay. <laughs> This is Toby not a not a track fan then or no he just literally saw the pictures that I put up and that was it. But oh, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting to get cool, some. Though. Yeah, it was exactly. interesting yeah. to hear a perspective from somebody who isn't obsessed and they're just looking at the design and how what it makes them feel. That's interesting. Right. I like that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That was a neat um perspective to have. We should Yeah, you would, you would have had a coup there, Mike, if you could have got Will to, to comment. Oh, please. <laughs> he would just never speak to me again if I even dared ask. But no. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Um, I do have a top 10, believe it or not. It's actually, for, for you know, it's worked out really well. Although there is a tie at number six with three different ships, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit varied, this one, although I say that the top three were never in doubt. But, you know, yeah, I think you were... can guess what, what number one is going to be on this one. <laughs> Without any further ado, then. If anybody has a drum roll handy that they can give me or whatever. Uh, this is the list. The official top 10 alien ships as decided by the Hit or Miss Star Trek podcast and our panel of experts. At number 10 with eight points is the Tholian web spinner. Ooh. So it made it onto the list. At number, I'm happy with that. Yeah, absolutely. At number nine with nine points, bizarrely, uh, is the Shrike. So well done, uh, Alison. There's a three-way tie at number six, all with ten points, and that is the Krenim Temporal Weapon Ship, the Merchantman, and Vija. <laughs> yeah, I think that was because we put our number ones as, as uh, very specific, yeah. so they both made it on in that point. So yeah, um, with twelve points at number five, the Vulcan Surok class. Which, yeah, okay. I'm surprised the Vulcan ship made it, but cool. At number four with 16 points, the Romulan Dideradex class Warbird. At number three with 26 <laughs> points is the Borg Cube. At number two with 27 points is the Klingon Katinga class Battlecruiser. And at number one with a whopping 43 points, thank you, Adrian, <laughs> is the Klingon Bird of Prey. 
In fairness, even if Adrian hadn't given it the extra 10 points, it would have won at 33 points to 27, which was the nearest one. So even if I discounted that, it would still have won by quite a ways. So, yeah. What do we think of that list then? I think that's a decent list. I think it's pretty representative. And I I do think the the Bird of Prey deserves to win. It is iconic. It It is. is. Yeah, it truly is. I would say it's probably the most well-known too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you you probably could show it to a non-Trekkie and they'd be like, oh yeah, it's a Klingon ship, uh, or or near enough anyway. So yeah, yeah, cool. Well, as I say, I'm gonna put this episode out in as part of our um, Klingon-themed season. It's a special episode that will basically bridge the gap between the full reviews. But I was always gonna do that because I figured the Klingons would feature prominently in here, and sure enough, mm-hmm. they both did and then won. So <laughs> it would seem fitting. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, apologies, in it, uh, you know, to anyone who had to listen to our singing before we got to this. But That's awesome. Again, I, just, I couldn't resist, and uh, I hope you've include, enjoyed the... Uh, does that include me and Alison? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's mainly to you and Alison, to be honest, because everyone else can fast forward. They can, they really can. I love how the Klingons won, and they didn't have to threaten us, bully us, <laughs> or do anything. We just gave it to them. They, they deserve it after that what fantastic that, bit of a single. What does that say about us, you know? I know how. And, and we had the Borg in the top three. I mean, geez, were we like gluttons for punishment? <laughs> Good point. Yeah. A lot of them were enemy ships when you think about the Romulans were in there. I mean, Vija almost destroyed Earth and DK is like, oh, I love that thing that almost wiped out <laughs> our existence. In, in fairness, I can agree with it at times. <laughs> again yeah kind of see your point uh anyway so yeah hopefully you've been entertained by our stories and our picks and again if you do want to interact with us you can always find our link trees below do tell us what are your top 10 do you agree with our choices do you disagree with some of them and are there reasons why that makes sense beyond you know didn't look like that in its first appearance or whatever uh yeah but we'd love to hear from you what you what you like and what you dislike and uh yeah what's what's a hit and what's a miss <laughs> so to speak so uh, you can, as I say, you can find the podcast, myself and DK, all via link trees that are always in the episode descriptions. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, DK, for joining me, as always, as my, my right-hand man. Thank you. I am officially the badonkadonk of this Klingon ship. <laughs> so we've all ended up with cheesy nicknames, it turns out. <laughs> Wait, we didn't give Adrian one. Well, I'm going to leave that to you, Alice, <laughs> since you gave me one. That'll be for the next podcast. <laughs> Yay. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, so thanks, Deacon. Do you have anything else you want to shout out quickly or no? No, no. Just you can find me here scrubbing the floors. Absolutely. I will quickly give another shout out. I've been saying it in every episode and you may all be sick of it, but I'll just keep saying it. Please uh, go and save Star Trek Prodigy. Let's spread the hashtag. Go and sign the petition if you haven't. Uh, they just released a clip of the first, the first four minutes of what will be the season two premiere. And it was so good. It's criminal. This show got cancelled. It, it had all kinds of things in the, the Doctor and the Voyager A and the crew and everything mm-hmm. wearing Aston Villa shirts. And it was all really yeah. cool. So, <laughs> it really was. So, it, needs, it really needs to come back. We love these characters. We want, we want our little I mean, universe back. Supposedly the creators were at Vegas this weekend and said it's like 99% sure that it'll get a new home, at least for that second season. But I still want to spread the word and make sure it does. And we need seasons beyond that. It's a great show. So I'm just here 
you're spreading that good word again. And uh, yeah. yeah, with that, I will uh, say thank you so much, Adrienne, for joining us on uh, yet another podcast. You're probably sick hey, of us by now. Never, no way. This is my safe space. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Oh my and, God, uh, what should real life be like? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you guys saved me. Oh, you caught me off guard there, DK. That was a good one. Anyway. So where can people find you uh, exasperated and wanting an escape from your life? <laughs> well, I'm still on uh, Twitter at AL. You mean X. X, <laughs> I know. I finally changed on my phone to the new icon. And so I I'm, I am also on um, threads at Beanie Yay. Ballers. Uh, uh, Beanie, like you wear it. Ballers, like kids who play basketball. And SoCal, like Southern California. Beanie Ballers, SoCal. You're also on oh, Instagram. Oh, and on this Discord. Yes, and, and I'm, I just barely use Instagram, but um, yeah, and your Discord, which is a, another happy place. Oh, and you're also on Mastodon, I think, as Beanie Ball. No, so I'm now. letting that go, yes. but I'm Are you? Oh, okay, mm -hmm. fair enough. My <laughs> poor phone. My poor phone. <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle anymore. <laughs> That's fair enough. Well, yeah, and as I say, you can always uh, join our Discord as Alison recently did after her first appearance. So, Yay. Alison, again, thank you so much for coming on and joining us for a first time on this podcast and a second time overall. Uh, hopefully, it won't be the last, but we'll uh, we'll see how many more nicknames you come up with. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you like them. Come on. <laughs> I do secretly. It's true. It's true. So, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> so, I mean, I have like several Instagrams, but my geeky, nerdy, normal, regular one is Allie Who Trek, which is A L L I Who, like Doctor Who, and then Trek, like Star Trek, all one word. Um, so, I mean, from there, you know, you can learn more about my professional one and so on and so forth. Um, I'm also on the Discord as the same name, Ali Hootrek. I left Twitter because it became too toxic. Um, and I do TikTok occasionally, but mainly just to watch funny videos. I'm the same. I, I have a TikTok and I never go on it. Yeah, because it's so easy to go down the rabbit hole. And I'm like, I got you know, who has time for that? I mean, yeah. I could make time, but I don't want to. I want to live my life, so... Well, hopefully you'll join us again, Alison, and uh, I would love yeah, to for a proper review or some such, and uh, we'll get uh, get you onto the the podcast proper. But they're not all this long, I swear, or <laughs> quite as nerdy. But uh, well, they are as nerdy. I'm that's a lie. But anyway, yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed all four of us here, <laughs> our little panel, and uh, we'll be back very soon with the start again, the starting back up of the Klingon review season in just a few weeks, and we're coming back with a review of the Strange New World season two premiere, The Broken Circle. And we're going to be joined for that episode by regular guest Sandra Evanson returning and by first time guest, although you will have seen him if you watched our Star Trek Jeopardy, Jeremy Duncan is also joining us for that one. So stay tuned for that. Nice. And then a few other incoming Klingon based reviews. And again, you can find myself, DK, Allison, and the aforementioned Sandra on our review of Little Shop of Horrors over on the Silver Screen podcast. It's our latest DK's cult classic uh, episode. And there'll be other things coming with that. We're still ticking along with that as well, including a review of Power Rangers 2017, Big Trouble in Little China, and various other things. So if you're a film fan as well as a Trek fan and you're not subscribed over there, do go and subscribe, although it has almost twice as much as this channel at this point, but still. So, yeah, hopefully we can catch you out there on the internet. And, yeah, in the meantime, as I say, thank you so much to all of my guests, to anyone else who's listened all the way through. And remember, we are Starfleet. Live long and prosper. Kapla. <laughs> Live long and prosper. Do you want to sing Kapla. a song, Adrian? <laughs> oh, Lord, no. <laughs> <laughs>
You have been listening to the Hit or Miss Star Trek podcast, hosted by Michael Wilson and DK. Created, produced, and edited by Michael Wilson. Additional material produced by DK. Music by Timeless Journey. More information can be found at soundcloud.com forward slash timeless journey. The Hit or Miss Star Trek podcast is based on an idea by Michael Wilson and Will Templar. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Home Star Trek Podcast or look for the Hit or Miss Star Trek Podcast under Facebook groups. Links to all our social media accounts and more are in this episode's description. This podcast is available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Just look for Silver Screen Hit or Miss Star Trek. This has been a Mike's Podcast production, copyright 2022. Thank you for listening.